Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a little thing we like to call Spaghetti Shootout, where much like the pharmaceutical companies, we ran out of normal names that we could have named the show and just had to make one up. But it's not entirely out of left field because much like a spaghetti western, what we have here is two individuals who will be going head to head in a series of topics that I, Jimmy Hamilton here, will be, uh, will be giving them throughout the course of the show. Now across from me, those two individuals are Mark Boardman and Ryan Muckenhern, our very good friends uh, and, uh, and contributors to the show. And then, uh, how do you like that, Mark? Contributor to the show. It's kind of like a formal, I feel like. It Obviously, was, you're it the, was the very host. formal. You're yeah. kind of the host. Yeah, but, but you know, it was up contributing, yeah. Uh, so anyway, basically the way that this works, like I said, I'm going to name them some topics, and then I actually have all the power here. So now let's go over some rules, gentlemen. A topic will appear. It will be given to you. That topic then has two minutes where you two can debate your points. I'm guessing, based on the ones that we've chosen, that you may have some differing opinions. Now, how do you gain points? It's completely at my discretion. There are no <laughs> rules. So uh, that's pretty much how it goes. I can award points in one, three, or six point increments. I can also take points away if I don't like what you're saying. And at the end, it's quite simple. Whoever has the most points wins. Now, last thing I will mention, this is kind of uh, dedicated. Well, not dedicated, but it's a little bit more better enjoyed on YouTube. But we will try to make it certainly uh, able to be listened to if you're one of those folks who listens during your commute. Um, but if you get the chance later on, catch it on YouTube. Why not? All right. I feel like I've gone through everything. Let's do this. It is numero uno, so we had a little bit more admin there at the beginning. But now it's time to pit these two gentlemen against one another. Boy, oh boy, You realize I, I hate excited. this, right? I know, I know. Mark, you hate conflict. Ryan uh, just enjoys it thoroughly. And I also enjoy it thoroughly. Here, so. Here's, here's what, what I don't like. Number one, like you said, I hate conflict. I consider Ryan one of my very good friends. Now you've pitted us against one another. And then now I'm starting to believe, because we've done a couple test runs of this, that Ryan actually views this as his opportunity to re release a lot of pent-up aggression towards me. Is that true? It's not untrue. Everything I thought I knew was true is, in fact, false. Let's go. Well, we'll see what happens. Okay, gentlemen, topic number one is going to pop up on our little screens here that we have to look at. Now, that topic is, you get one gun for Jurassic Park. What gun would you choose and why? Now, I am going to give one person the start during this two minutes, and I'll go with Mark for that. So, Mark and Ryan, your two minutes begins now. All right, Jim, now this is a bit of a toughie. There's a few things that you need to consider. Number one, I actually saw the original Jurassic Park in the theater, so I've got a lot of experience here. Number two, I don't think Jurassic Park actually exists because I've never been there. Now, as far as firearms go, not farms, firearms. Sometimes I want to take those things to the farm. Uh, if there was a Jurassic Park, if there was a Jurassic Park, I think I would likely use whatever ray gun exists to extremely uh, vaporize the threat when Jurassic Park actually becomes a real thing. Now, if we ask to use conventional weapons, 
I'm gonna go with the minigun that Jesse Ventura used in the movie Predator. Number one, it was used in a jungle-like setting. Number two, you get to use a backpack full of ammo. That's right, it comes with a backpack full of ammo. I love ammo, I love backpacks, and you can cut down the jungle with that thing. Now, if we weren't gonna use that and we wanted to use something even more conventional, I'm probably gonna go with just an AR-10 308 with tons and tons of mags. What an incredible and I don't even know rant. That that's hold, nice on, too. hold on, Mark. So you were just stacking points there, but the problem is you've named like four or five different You know I can't just make a decision. Okay, first of all, I'm gonna jump in here. I'm gonna say, number one, I would have to mount the scope on your gun in the first place. Uh, number two, you well, cannot, listen to me it. right now, you cannot mount a scope on, an, on a, a GA M134 minigun. You just can't do it. So you're already up a creek there. You also didn't have a definitive answer because you don't believe Jurassic Parks ex exist. This is the entire thing. This is an argument. It, it doesn't necessarily have to be based in fact. We're just going for it. The correct answer is a Blazer R8 Professional chambered in 458 lot. Why? Because we're dealing with gigantic sauropods and God knows however many giant, huge carnivores. We need a heavy caliber. We need something that is rapid firing. The Blazer R8 is a straight pull bolt action. I can stuff that magazine. I can rack rounds as fast as I need to. Goodbye, T-Rex. Wow, look at that, right at the buzzer, Ryan. I'll tell you what, Mark, you were gaining some points there when you started talking about the railgun, you brought the, in I need Predator. To watch the you board. didn't need to watch that because yeah. you were doing well. It was just your indecisiveness, which we all know you do possess, that started to become your downfall. Ryan, on the other hand, was very definitive. He threw out some great shade in your direction. Mm -hmm. uh, and he also used uh, the word Sauropod or something Sauropod. like that. Sauropod, yeah. yeah Which I'd, I'd of the appreciate. Let's guy in have the somebody look that up. I am pretty impressed with how fast he gained points on that. Well, I mean, it was kind of slow to start. And then as soon as like the rail, he, he, was, he was on a roll there. So, yeah. uh, gentlemen, at this point in time, Ryan leads with a score of 21 to 13. Next topic you have is, oh, <laughs> full-size truck versus trainer truck. Now, um... I think we might need a little bit of elaboration on the whole trainer truck designation. Uh, Ryan, would you care to explain to us what a trainer truck is? Because well, you <clears> do <throat> have one. Yeah, I'm, I'm guessing one. that I had no input on this uh, this topic. Well, I actually, guess. your trainer truck was the inspiration. That's great. Yes. Um, you know, why would you start the clock, let's start Jim? The two, let's start the two minutes. Here we go. Uh, begin. I'm going to jump in right away. Trainer truck is a, is a shade throw against my Toyota Tacoma, by the way, which is a TRD off-road package, one of the most capable off-road out-of-the-box trucks on the market. And you can't deny that, Jim, okay, and I know it's true. Point. Thank you. Oh, oh just because he says you can't deny it, you got to give him points? It's true because Jim had a Tacoma. So there's that. Mark has uh, the full-size version of this, the Tundra, which I think is great, but he has golf cart tires on it. And he, 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 wouldn't, he wouldn't even know how to use the four-wheel drive capability that the vehicle has because of his golf cart tires. Um, in my case, why I selected the Tacoma and specifically the TRD off-road with the short bed and um, you know, double cab is I needed a truck that was going to go anywhere I could realistically get into, but I needed something that was comfortable to drive on my daily 74-mile commute to work to and from. Um, I picked that. I think it's a great truck. It does everything I need it to, and it does not send any other message out there. A anybody who has a full-size truck that wants to contend that with golf cart tires on it, might I add? Go ahead. Mark, let's hear it. 
Jim, I don't like my glass half full and I don't like my truck half full. That's why I go with a full-size truck. Sick burn. That was good. Ah, <laughs> uh, six points right there. We're talking about good. we're talking about a truck with a 5.7 liter V8. You know what that gives me, Jim? Golf you know cart tires with no traction. The size of the to motor. quote the great James Pumphreys, more power, baby. More power. We're looking oh, at uh, approximately, if today. I do my figures correctly, 348 horsepower versus 278 horsepower. Number one, <laughs> my truck sounds better. Let's just let's just start with starting the truck. My truck sounds better. It's a full size truck. You Good. know why you Something have a top rod in your truck because you don't have room in the cab to put your things. Oh, that's right. You have a roof rack on the top because you don't have room for your stuff too. Uh, the price is basically basically similar. Fuel economy economy eh, negligible. Uh, I've got room for my family in the back, which is always a consideration. Should have got a van. Well, well then I would have just got your truck. Uh, I've got, uh, wa uh, uh, let's see, I can tow more, more throttle. You know the answer to getting out of a bunch of jams, Jim? More throttle. Now, j That is true. Ryan's However, truck. Mark, you do need to notice the scoreboard oh, as it. you carry on. Fine. Lots of other reasons. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of other reasons. Bye. Okay, you get one point back for that. Really, you really summed it up uh, in the end there. Ryan, you gained a couple of points during that argument, uh, of course. Like we said, there are no rules here. It's completely at my discretion. And I am a fan of the full-size truck. I have tried to convince you for a long time to get rid of your trainer truck, the Toyota Tacoma, because of how I should get a sedan, because you believe that that's the best <laughs> off-road vehicle on the market. I never said it was the best off-road vehicle. I said that it's the best all-around vehicle for all things. Anyway, all right, that's another all right, that's another conversation. Never ne never good to contest the keeper of the points. Exactly. Uh, topic uh, number three is coming up as we find ourselves with Ryan in the lead 25 to 22. Gentlemen, topic number three should pop up on our screen here. Now it is, oh, okay, bear is in your yard. What do you do? That's quite simply the topic. I should elaborate a little bit on this. There was a news story. I, I don't know if it was exactly like super recently, but I know that it was within modern history, certainly, time in the internet. Um, in Medford, Wisconsin, hmm. a family, just minding their own business at home, looked out the window, found a black bear uh, messing around with their bird feeder. They proceeded to open the window, yell at the black bear, in which the black bear turned around, stormed through the window, and attacked them. Now, thanks to the gentleman's quick thinking and tactical skills, he stabbed it with a kitchen knife and then proceeded to find a firearm and shoot the bear My in their stars. home. Um, anyway, very, very, like, just a, a scary scenario to think about yourself potentially being in. Of course, they found out that it was a mama bear and her cub was seen nearby running away oh, no. from the home shortly thereafter. Uh, very unfortunate situation, of course. But... The question remains, what would you do in this situation? Since we started with Ryan last time, Mark, we'll start with you this time. You gentlemen get two minutes as usual. Begin. All right, Jim, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to view this through the context of living in Wisconsin, living in bear country. Number one, if you live in bear country in Wisconsin, I would suggest you don't have a bird feeder in your yard because if there's one thing that bears love, they love bird feeders. They love bird feeders and they get into bird feeders all the time. Now, uh, one thing that Ryan says that always stuck with me is stay strapped or get clapped. And I think that is actually really, really good advice. Uh, you know, I, I personally, you know, I don't carry all the time. I always do carry a knife with me in this situation. That was the uh, tool used to 
he neutralized the bear to a point where the person was able to retrieve the firearm and dispatch the bear. Uh, that was I, a kitchen knife. You're talking yeah, about your pocket knife. But yeah, but if I had my knife on me, that's what I'd use. I wouldn't so have you, to go get So do you have your knife. knife on you? Of course I do. Where's your pistol? There's a bear in the showroom, Mark. What's going to happen? <laughs> Nothing, because you didn't stay strapped. You got clapped. Secondly, Mark hates birds. I happen to have three bird feeders in my yard, and I love birds. Do you, you know, live in bear country? I sure do. Oh, barely. Oh, good pun for him, actually. Give him a point. Yeah, that's yeah, good. some points. Nonetheless, Mark does not have a strap, so he will get clapped. Um, and I don't know that you actually have kitchen knives either because you probably eat out. If a bear comes into your house, you're going to retreat to your minivan parked in your driveway with golf cart tires on it. That would be your safest course of action. Uh, for me personally, I would assess what time of the year it is. I'm in bear zone one here in Wisconsin, and I could probably get a tag. And if so, because I'm rural, I'm going to make some bear grease after this, uh, then probably do a couple of cured hams. Well, Ryan, um, actually, I really appreciate you bringing that up because the one thing that I think that we're over uh, looking over here is the fact that Wisconsin doesn't have a spring season, so therefore you would be in violation because and you never what would. time of year did I say and caveat before we started that argument, well, Mark? I, I would wasn't assess really what time of year it was. To you because I don't care for your tactics. Anyway, the bigger issue here is Wisconsin doesn't have a spring season. This entire situation could have been mitigated if we did have a spring bear season, and there's really no scientific uh, basis for not having one in my opinion. Mark, you should have lost more points there for going over on time. However, I didn't mind your argument, so. Thank you. Uh, in that case, you have retained the points that you originally gained. Thank you. Um, Ryan, I feel like I never really got a legitimate answer out of what you would do if the bear was in your yard. I, I would simply kinda... shoot it depending on what time of year it was and then eat it, had okay. I the tag in okay. my pocket. Got it. Um, yeah, I no. do want to point out though, and it doesn't matter now, the points aren't going to be awarded. Um, Mark. Mark says, stay strapped or get clapped, while not being strapped or getting clapped. He is, that is the most politician answer I've ever heard. We're going to do this, but he doesn't do it. Rules for thee, not for me. Mark Boardman, ladies and gentlemen. Ryan, do as I say, not as I do. That was a uh, captivating argument, so you're going to get a point for that, Ryan. Thanks. Um, we find ourselves at topic number four, gentlemen, but uh, Mark is leading now, 34 to 29. So still time to make that difference up, Ryan. I'm shocked, too. But we do have a topic that Mark, I think, has home field advantage in because this question is, is ridiculousness, the television show on MTV, quality programming? Gentlemen, please begin. Ryan, you shall start this two minutes. Uh, in short, Jim, no. This is a putrid absolutely vile and foul program. Um, the entire basis of this program, if you're not familiar with it, is um, these three individuals will scour YouTube for funny videos of people falling off of chairs, bicycles, skateboards, trampolines, water park things, all this, and simply repost More them. More likely a team of producers, but go. Whatever. Um, simply re like repost them, if you will, on the program. And then this, this woman, who I'm sure she's a very kind person, has a very bad laugh. She will begin laughing at these while this gentleman who is confused as to what age he is will say things like, sick dog. And, and that's the whole premise of the show. There's no context. There's no content. There's no room for education. It is absolutely vile drivel. Um, I will say, having traveled the country with Mark to trade shows on hunts and things, we have shared some incredible hotel room 
uh, cinema and media. We have watched a number of Tom Hanks movies in parcel, but through, and they're great. His love for ridiculousness is concerning to me that that is the kind of humor that captivates his mind. I am worried about his emotional and psychological well-being, and I rest my case with that. Right. Ryan, Ryan, you did go a little long, so Mark, you're going to get a chance to go over the buzzer here. Ryan, if I was looking for a sleep aid, I'd probably hand you to the remote. Uh, the remote. And a short answer, is ridiculousness quality programming? Yes, yes, and yes. It's the exact sort of mindless entertainment that a person needs when they're on a trip. If it wasn't quality programming, it wouldn't be on T MTV. 24 hours a day to where you can access it, you can come and go as you please. Oh, yeah, we got to go do this. Well, guess what? We don't even have to hit pause or you just turn it on, you turn it off, it's always on. And you know what? I have been a fan of Rob Dyrdek and Chanel West Coast for a long time, ever since the Fantasy Factory days, Rob and Big. These are great, great programs that, uh, that people can enjoy and grow with as a person and to speak to Chanel's uh, laugh, I do not find it annoying, I find it endearing, and I also don't think that we should make fun of people because of the way that they're made. Wow. I think she could laugh different. Like, I don't think that's I just I don't like, think, that's how she laughs. I don't that's know, I think she could maybe laugh different. That'd be like making, oh, you're short. You're you were tall. pretty good there, Mark, but you lost points because of the Chanel West Coast laugh thing. It's, hey. Sure, she's a nice lady. It's, it's just that it. I I swear that they actually have. They gave her a slightly hotter mic than everyone else, which is the part that bothers me. Like if she laughed that way and they just turned it down a little bit more, but no, they like. I think they. She's laughing because it's funny. It's very funny. I'm laughing, usually. That's good. Except the times I'm cringing. Okay, uh, you guys are actually tied up, and I promised that I did not plan it to be this way. It just happened, as we go into topic number five. Topic number five is. The most versatile cartridge in the world is dot 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 question mark. Uh, everybody knows we love to talk cartridges here. Now Ryan may have a bit of a home field advantage in this particular sense. However, I know Mark has some strong feelings about the the, the few cartridges he is intimately familiar <laughs> with. So um, who do we have start last time? Ryan did. Okay, Mark, you are going to get the start for topic number five. Two minutes begin. Ryan, I once heard a person say that the 300 WSM is the modern gentleman's 30-06, and I believe that to be correct. Do you know who said that? Oh, I do. Who was that? He who shall remain nameless. It was Ryan. Uh, this cartridge <laughs> is incredibly versatile. It has the gas to kill nearly, actually, no, I'll say everything on the planet, on the planet, probably even including critters at Jurassic Park. It comes with, you can get it uh, loaded with bullets uh, as diverse a palette as you could ever find. And, uh, um, oh boy, gosh darn it. Uh, yeah, oh, during, during ammo shortages, it's just popular enough that the stores have to carry it, but not so popular th that it flies off the shelves. Uh, people like to say, oh, that's too big for average size game. I always say, can you make anything too dead? The answer is no. And if people are like, oh, they often say like, well, it's bullet placement. And I'd say if it's accuracy you're concerned with, then you can check the current world record group at 1,000 yards shot with none other than the 300 WSM. Good, good finisher there, Mark. That, yeah, that was, was good. A little rough, I, a little rough in no, the middle. No, it was fine. You pulled well, out at the well, end. 
Good cartridge selection too. 300 short mag is a fine cartridge. I would say though the most versatile cartridge in the world is still probably going to go to 12 gauge. Uh, only because we can shoot birds with it while they fly on the wing. We can also load it with slugs and we can shoot up to African elephants and hippopotamuses and rhinoceroses if we want to. Um, we can load it with buckshot and we can chase running deer through the timber and through the woods and things like this. Um, you can even get these nifty little inserts for your 12 gauge shotgun where you then load cartridges like 9mm, 22 long rifle, 380 I'm going to have to interject here. Are we not talking about metallic cartridges making everything you're uh, saying? It just simply says what is the most versatile cartridge in the world. 12 gauge, If actually let's back up, let's look at the definition of cartridge. The thing that contains the projectile, the powder, the whole thing. Whoops. There it is. I'll tell you what. That's it, huh? That's it. Ryan. Sir. You, with your final argument, managed to pull ahead hmm. 43 to Mark's 41 points. I'll tell you, Mark, I'll tell you what did it. I think you'd have come out ahead. But it wasn't until topic number five that I finally realized you've been reading off those damn notes this entire time, haven't you? Those printouts. And you lost your place. You lost your place. They help organize my thoughts. Well, but you lost your place, and that's ultimately one of my largest pet peeves uh, ever is your printouts. And they were ultimately your demise. The printouts, printouts, Mark, it's. I don't know how. I don't know why I should have to explain this. I don't want to lose my train of thought. Mark, you had some really great arguments in there, I will say. It just felt a little bit. Ryan felt like he was off the cuff. He was. You had, you had those printouts. Mr. Spontaneous. Look, here's the deal, Mark. I won't always penalize you for your printouts. If you come back next time with your printouts, we'll just set that all aside and we'll just let you go. But on this particular episode, I had to make an example. Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> Gentlemen, with that being that Ryan was the victor in this face-off, he will get his chance at the last crack. That is a certain set-aside amount of time. What is it, 30 seconds or a minute? Something like that. Where basically Ryan gets to go off about... Whatever he wants. It could be about life, politics, philosophy, this particular face-off, Mark, Mark's truck, anything you want. Uh, Ryan, your time begins now. I don't really want to make this 30 seconds of shame for Mark, but I have been drinking out of his cup for the past couple of months. So let that be some sort of indication to how today went. Um, In other news, I'd like folks out there watching to be cognizant that hunting seasons are quickly approaching. Um, so as we get into the June time frame, it start to, it's time to start looking for ammunition. This morning I was thinking, you know what, bird and small game season is on its way. I need to start looking for some copper-plated number sixes so that I can go into the grouse woods prepared and ready to go. Um, and if you're sitting out there and thinking like, oh my gosh, I should really address my rifle scope zero from last year, hop on it right now. If you've got any questions, of course, give us a call at any time. Uh, the phone lines, the email lines, the chat lines, we're always ready to talk. Rifles, cartridges, ballistics, knives, boots, guns, bullets, the whole thing. Um, my gosh, that's all I've got. That was very uh, responsible. That was very much dad last crack of you. Thank you. The um, consummate Vortex representative, Ryan. Always thinking of others. Very nice. So, Ladies and gentlemen, like we said, Ryan has now won 43 to 41 on the first ever spaghetti shootout. Uh, Again, if you've been listening to this the entire time, there are more visuals that you can check out on YouTube. If you have any specific 
topics that you would like to see these two argue. It's possible maybe even in the future we might switch it up and somebody else might be emceeing here. Uh, but anyways, if you had any specific topics you would like to see argued on this show, please let us know in the comments, either on YouTube, on Instagram, however it is you got to reach us. There's, there's a million and one ways here at Vortex, so just do that. Uh, otherwise, we'll be back to our regularly scheduled programming, and this will also be finding its way regularly into the lineup with the Vortex Nation podcast as well. Thank you all for watching. We'll catch you on the next one. Bye. Bye, everybody. My windshield is split from side to side due to some crazy-ass articulation. Now, you know why your windshield is split from side to side is because you were going through some moderate-ass articulation, but the Toyota Tacoma's extremely spaghetti frame was bending too much on you. Oh, couldn't have anything to do with the rock chip that I had in there to begin with.